Welcome to the Teacher's Toolkit for Literacy, the free podcast for motivated teachers and school leaders who want to inspire their students and school community in literacy learning. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast player, and for more amazing literacy resources, check out the show notes provided with every episode. Hi, I'm Sharon, and I'm the host of a Teacher's Toolkit for Literacy. In every Toolkit episode, we bring you specific resources, tools, strategies, tips and techniques to help you in your job as a teacher of literacy. Firstly, we acknowledge and pay our respects to the Ghana people, the traditional custodians whose ancestral lands we gather on. We acknowledge the deep feelings of attachment and relationship of the Ghana people to country, and we respect and value their past, present and ongoing connection to the land and cultural beliefs. Welcome newcomers to the Facebook group, to the podcast and our Teachific resources. We love hearing the diverse reasons why teachers across the world are joining. So much deep creative literacy work going on in schools and deep thinking. Some of the recent comments we've had, why people have joined, great ideas for reading and writing strategies and networking with positive professional people. Support and expertise from others to build my knowledge of literacy, including use of resources in the classroom to support learners. From a pre-service teacher, learning more about literacy teaching and best practice. And two thoughts from two leaders, inspiration to lead and resources to share. And from another, continuous learning about best practices. It's a privilege to be in the room with such inspiring teachers, leaders, those who are becoming teachers. We love the profession and we love being part of the profession with you. So if you're not a member of the Teachers Toolkit Facebook group, we'd love you to join and introduce yourself to the group. Now, welcome to this podcast called Using a Mud Map for Genre Planning. So in podcast 81, I talked about the importance of mud mapping the text types our students work with across the year. In this podcast, I'm really going to get down into the detail of what is this thing we call mud mapping and getting into the detail of it, not just for teachers at their specific year levels, but for leaders too, to help you develop text type maps across the year levels of your school. So what's the struggle? Why are we looking at this? Not only teachers, but I think schools, so leaders, are looking for consistent and comprehensive ways to plan out children's writing experiences over the year. And not just over the year, but over their life of writing throughout the years so that we can work towards getting a magnificent map of the kinds of writing experiences from year to year to year that our students are not only building on, but further developing and learning to choose and use to become strong, independent writers. We want to make sure that we're covering what's needed from the curriculum, and this mud map is very much based on curriculum, and Of course, we always want to be our teaching struggle is always addressing students' needs. So today, in this episode, we are going to drill down into, first of all, mud mapping, then why we need a text type mud map, how to make it connect to the curriculum, 
how mud maps work and their importance in supporting us all in our planning, whether we're a leader, a teacher, how to set about making a mud map, what are some of the essential tools to guide that mud mapping and how we can look at the mud map in its role in driving unit planning. So let's get started. Mud map. Those of you outside of Australia, you can be well excused for not knowing what a mud map is because it's a very Australian saying. And in fact, when I've used this term, mostly I am asked, what do I mean by that term? And I'm not even sure how the term or from whom the term came into my vocabulary. But the term mud map, it's an old Australian saying and it dates back to those times when European settlement first happened in Australia and a lot of exploration was going on and a lot of moving into areas that were unknown, that to give each other directions, people would draw a map in the dirt or in the mud after it had rained. And these in turn became known as mud maps. By the 1990s in Australia, the figurative use of the term mud map becomes much more common and it now means a rough guide, a plan, a strategy. So I really love the notion that a mud map was something that was drawn right there and then as a guide. So thinking straight away from thought onto or into the dirt or the mud in this instance and that it was captured for that moment but that it wasn't set in stone. This wasn't the only, like, this is it. So, mud mapping for text types. What do we mean by that? So, drawing up a mud map looks like, and for those of you that are members of Teachific, there's actually a mud map text type sample and a template that are up on Teachific. But whilst you don't have those sitting in front of you, I want you to picture what this mud map looks like. So we know from our Australian curriculum that we have got three, actually there's four kinds of texts that our students are learning to work with, both as readers and as writers. So in terms of literary texts, we've got one part of our curriculum that talks about understanding and creating literary texts. Then in our creating texts part of the curriculum, it talks about creating imaginative, informative and persuasive texts. I want you to picture right now a grid. Down the left-hand side of the grid are those text types. Imaginative, with three boxes beneath that. Informative, with three boxes beneath that, and persuasive. So that's my left-hand column in this grid. Moving to the right, I have seven more columns. The first one says foundation. The next one, which is our first year, although in Australia we call it many, many different things, but that's our first year of schooling. The next column, year one. The next column, year two, year three, year four, year five, year six. So we've got this 10 by 10 
grid. So once again, the year levels across in the columns and down the left-hand column, giving us the framework for this grid or this mud map are all the different types of text types that we work with. Now, I said that under imaginative and under informative, there were three boxes. So there's more information under each of those. So I want to go through what it is that each of these is looking at. So under imaginative texts, we don't only have narrative, but narrative is there. So narrative texts are one of the types of texts that we want our students to not only write, but come to an understanding of how they work. So there's narrative texts. There's poetry. Poetry has been put under imaginative, although poetry does not just have to fall under the imaginative category. It can also be in informative, but here it is as part of the text type, it's falling under imaginative. Now, there's one category in the imaginative or under the imaginative types of texts that can be a surprise, and that is author study. So in our Australian curriculum, we have a section dedicated in our strands. We have literacy, literature and language. And in our literature strand, we have a section that's called creating literature. Now to create literature, we really need to draw on good literary texts as rich and exciting and vibrant and tantalising and strong examples of good imaginative text. Of course, an author might be a, a writer of non-fiction, but in this instance, we're talking about the author being a writer of fiction, of imaginative text. We talk about author study, looking at literature, looking at a particular author and seeing how that author uses all of the traits of writing, from ideas to organisation, voice, word choice, sentence fluency, conventions, publishing. An author study lets us get to see how an author brings together all of those traits of writing and how we as writers can emulate that kind of writing or the, the style or the, the way of writing that that author does to create our own imaginative text. For those of you in Australia looking into that section of the curriculum, I'm talking about the version 9 curriculum at the moment, in previous versions it was headed adaptation and experimentation. So adapting and experimenting with the texts of particular authors in particular literary texts, which we can do for any of these texts, but looking at an author lets us focus in and do our own adapting and trying out in really strong and powerful ways. All right, so there are our imaginative categories. Informative text types, procedure, recount, reports. And I'm not saying very much about any of those at the moment because we're probably far more familiar with those as text types that we work with. And 
Just to go back to those imaginative ones, I am going to say that that notion of poetry being in there as a text type that we would have our students writing in from foundation, from the earliest of years, I know can give some people a bit of a twitch going, okay, poetry, it's not necessarily something I teach my students to write in. In fact, some people are quite open and will say, do you know what, it's the one that I avoid. It's not there on the mud map to say, okay, get twitchy everybody. It's there because actually the curriculum says we need to bring it. Our children need to have poetry as part of their reading and writing landscape. And so therefore, it needs to be part of the mud map that we create for our students if we are honouring the experiences that the Australian curriculum asks of us to bring to our students. So last one is persuasive and we really only talk about persuasive as there's not a lot of other things listed beneath that but there is a cross, so across the year levels. So now that we've talked about that first column on the mud map, imaginative, informative and persuasive texts. So picture in your mind those things all listed down that column. Now the mud map. Here it comes. So what I've actually described to you leading up till now is really what you'll find on Teachific as the Mudmap Text Types template. So it looks like all of those things listed down the left-hand column or the first column and then it's got all the year levels in those subsequent columns. That's a template. That's something you can have out right now as a school or as a teacher at your year level, to think about, hmm, author study. Who is the author that I could study at this year level? What kind of narrative does the curriculum talk about? Or what kind of narrative texts are my students to be engaging with and reading at the year level that I teach? And therefore, what kinds of narratives are they going to be creating? What kind of poetry at my year level will my students be creating? So I can then go down those lists. But what you might like to also have a look at, and by using that template, you'll have already heard that using the Australian curriculum is your guide, is your best place to really dip into, look into the level descriptions, the achievement standards and the content descriptions, go looking. Really read what is it that my students at this year level, what am I to be bringing them? What will I honour them with from those experiences that at this year level they should have the opportunity to engage with, to learn, to understand and to create? If you're looking for the curriculum in what I think is a really reader-friendly format, I'm not saying on the Australian curriculum site that they haven't created a reader-friendly format, but we have spent time here on Teachific. We have created with Akara's blessing because they want people to have the curriculum in very usable formats. You will find the Australian curriculum at each year level. So, 
what you'll find for each year level, all gridded out or maybe mapped out. Maybe I'm a bit of a mud map devotee from a long way back. But the level descriptions are really formatted with dot points so that it's really quite readable. It's the exact language, have not changed a word, but just formatted it in a way that I think is much more readable and lets you look for the kind of like the subheadings to get you into it. Achievement standards, same thing. Whilst our curriculum isn't headed in its reading, writing format, this is, it does talk about what our readers, what our writers need to be achieving at year level. So those achievement standards have just been dot pointed under listening and speaking, reading and viewing and writing. And then you've got your content descriptions. And those have been divided into those categories across the bands of literature, literacy and language. And for those of you that might not be working with the version 9 curriculum, the version 8.7 is still up there. And a lot of you have got your own, you know, have created really easy planning documents. So to have those there, go and have a read, highlight Uh, One of the schools that I work with have done just that. We went through the curriculum, highlighted, and that's how we started working with our text types mud map. So we had all of that, was that blank one, this template that I'm talking about. We worked out what is it that are all the types of text that we would be working with across a year. Now, just to get back to something, (laughs) you might go, oh my gosh, you're talking about seven different types of texts across a year. Uh, That's sounding like a bit of an overwhelm or how do I fit all of that in or, you know, can't we link some of those together so that we've got them, you know, not so much to cover. In a subsequent podcast, I will talk more about just that. But we actually need our students to experience every year this full range of text types. It's too hard to leave it to later, to the next year or to the next year or to the next year. We want to bring each of these text types, not only in writing them but in understanding them, into units that we plan for and have our students engage with. And really, units of work of five weeks, which is a really wonderful length of time and realistic length of time to be working through the reading, writing processes. And in the writing processes, you know, from ideas through to, you know, planning and rehearsing and into drafting and revising and finishing and publishing Those five weeks around a unit give our students many opportunities to engage in all of those processes. So our foundation students and our year ones may go through those writing processes a number of times in that five weeks. Or we might shorten that five weeks for our younger ones, but don't jump to that conclusion straight up. Think about how do we enable our students to read, explore, understand and concurrently try out for themselves as writers 
be exploring and having a go at different elements of writing so that they are constantly in that process of trying and having a go and reflecting and growing as writers. So fairly sure I've got myself sidetracked there, but also fairly sure that they were important things that I wanted to be able to share with you. I've talked about how you can sit with the curriculum, have that mud mat template and think at your year level, what narrative could we be writing at this year level? What poetry could we be doing at this year level? Which author could we study? Which author could be our mentor? Who could we bring into our classroom via their books and via their collection, via some of their books? Who can we bring in to teach us about creating literature? What kind of procedure could I write at this year level or have my children write? What kind of recount can we explore? What kind of report might we write? What kind of persuasive text might we write? So we can do that as teacher, but I need you to also link it to your curriculum, whether that's Australia, ACARA, or whether you're outside of Australia, your local curriculum, the one that you work with, should give you guidance into what are the range of things that we would experience developmentally across the year. So what if even when I look at the mud map, I'm thinking, "Mm, okay, what about any tips, any clues, (laughs) anything that you can give me here, Sharon, that might give me a starting point? That's where we have provided a mud map text types sample map and that is a sample map across foundation to year six. So now what this map is trying to show is how can that look across the years so that it's not the same thing that we experience in that particular type of writing year upon year upon year upon year. It should look different. So let's go through a few things on here because this is only a sample but I just want to give you a few examples of what I mean here about how do we get those things looking different across the years so that it meets the demands of curriculum and gets our students building on their knowledge of that text type in their understanding of how it works and therefore in their writing of it. In an author study, now I'm based in Australia, so a lot of the authors here that I'm referring to, not all, some of them are, some aren't, but looking at what author, and and I've just listed one here as an example, that doesn't mean it's that author that you choose, it's just an idea. But what it does show is that when we as a school think about what author, so we might have a little list of authors for that first year of school, but in the year one, we'll have some different authors. In year two, we'll have some some different authors again. Year three, some different authors again. It doesn't mean children can't and we can't as teachers use books by those authors in other ways. 
But for a study about them, you know, this author coming in, we just can't have the same author year upon year upon year upon year because that's just not going to bring students that rich range of different authors who work in different styles, in different ways. So this expands their experience with that. So at Foundation or our first year of school, I've got Pamela Allen listed as an example. Year one, Julia Donaldson. Year two, Oliver Jeffers. Year three, Mem Fox. Year four, Margaret Wilde. Year five, Chris Van Allsburg. Year six, Sean Tan. So I've just given you one as an example. But when we have authors who we are putting onto our mud map, we're then saying, all right, not only are we thinking this is an author that's good for this year level, let's make sure we're resourced with it. Let's, as a school, so if we're mud mapping it, it means that we are supporting the planning of these text types on this mud map by having the resources that we need in the school. So a good place to start in thinking about what author will we have is to say what collections have we already got in our school, in our library. So let's ensure that we're putting things there that if we want to begin, we're already resourced with it. We'll tell you a wonderful story though of a Year 5-6 teacher that I've been working with who has been working with Chris Van Allsburg in their author study and they didn't have a collection of Chris Van Allsburg books in the school but because I had introduced the teacher to Chris Van Allsburg as an author, he was entirely convinced that this was the author, that because it was an author unknown to him and to his students... It was just such a rich experience that was going to be brought to them. So I just loved when I was working with him the other day that he has ordered some of the books that he has now got. Well, he's getting emails of where those books are. The students are tracking. Where are these books? When are they arriving? Where are they at the moment? Oh, they should be here in, you know, X days. So all of these things, even though the books weren't there, It hasn't stopped them starting working with it. So they've worked with book at a time. The next one arrives. Let's have a look at what do we see in this book that the author's doing? What are they trying to do as a writer here? What do we see that, wow, where's their voice in this? What do we see about patterns of word choice, etc., etc.? Anyway, going on too long about things here. I'll never get through. All right, what about narratives? How about what's the range of narratives that we write across a lifetime of primary school? Oh, need to say for those of you in secondary schools, so for your sevens, eights, nines, tens, you can mud map in exactly the same way. There is no difference here. Down the left-hand side, that first column, what imaginative, what informative, persuasive. What types of texts look on your curriculum? What is it that the curriculum asks of us at the year level? So you can use this same, you've just got different year levels across the top. And at this point, I don't have a sample for you up there. That may change. It'll come out in news if it does. All right, so narratives. What are our foundation students doing? They might adapt a story. So when they write something, they can adapt 
So a story that they know or a sentence that they write is an adaptation of something that they know. Or it might be their personal take on it. So the narrative might be their personal story. Year one, we would say that the narrative we could say, remember this is a sample, but I'm drawing from the Australian curriculum, that it would be realistic fiction and it would be a personal memory story. So an experience, a something that's happened to them, a personal story in their memory that they could share, that they would write realistic fiction, realistic Whilst it falls in imaginative category, we call it realistic fiction. Here too, we may go the fairy tales exploration so that we can read lots of fairy tales, work out how they work and adapt and experiment, change a character, change a setting and create our own fairy tale. Year three, traditional fiction. Where does that sit? Things like fables, tall tales. So different types of imaginative text, traditional or traditional for the country. So traditional stories of Australia, dreamtime stories, Irish or Asian or wherever we are, what are the traditional stories of a place? So a great time to bring and really raise awareness to our students of what makes traditional story and to create our own traditional fiction. Year fours, maybe we're ready to move into fantasy and do some of that fantasy writing. Year fives, myths, legends. Year six, historical fiction. So I'm not saying they are locked into those places. but What I am saying is we need to think about in a mud map What are the possibilities of things going in there, knowing our curriculum and knowing the breadth and range of things that we want our students to experience in each of these categories? Poetry. Next one. What kinds of poems are we exposing our students to in foundation? Well, we're exposing them to lots of different poetry when we read aloud to them, but when we get them to write... We can have them writing some things like list poems. We can be describing something by words in a list and maybe there's a comma. So it might be I'm looking at book and I might be having book as my title and then I might go story, comma, pictures, comma, makes me laugh, comma. Sorry, probably not a great example of. Or maybe I'm looking at something glue stick, Blue hat, blue body, white legs, sticky, sticks my pictures in. I don't know. You know, it's what can we make lists of? We can make lists of lots of different things. So list poems, we can go to town on list poems easily and readily. And that's already giving our students a sense of how does a poem work? How do we lay it out? How do we read that? And what kinds of words are we using as we create those kinds of poems? Another one at Foundation may be senses poetry. Year one, list poetry again, 
still continues. Maybe we might have some shape poems or some sound poems. Year two, some emotions and feeling poems. We might introduce some free verse to our students. And then as we go through the years, what other kinds of poetry can we bring to our students? Now, if we're feeling nervous about poetry, could not go past recommending Poetry Pizzazz, great poetry blog written by great colleague Alan Wright. Alan's been on our podcast talking about poetry and talking about writing, but his Poetry Pizzazz blog gives you a whole range of different types of poetry. And what's more, if you do follow Alan on his blog, you'll get to experience him writing poetry regular and explaining those different forms And you might enjoy having a go at that too to really help you learn more about the kinds of poetry forms that we can work with. All right, I'll be here all day if I go through everything, but this starts giving you some examples around. So procedures, what kinds of procedures can we do? Well, from reception or foundation, we can do how-tos from shared experiences. We've just done something together, we can do a how-to of how we did that. Or it might be something we know a lot about, which I would also include in year one. Saw a magnificent lesson in year one with a teacher getting every child to choose their expert topic and to then tell us how to, actually it was attached to you know how you would do something, what's something you can do. And I just love this, that they just immediately came forth with the ideas of, if I'm going to say how to, so someone said how to look after a cat. So immediately we're in with, all right, all these different categories of things that I can write about. So how to look after a cat, how to wash it, yes, how to wash it, how to feed it, how to pat it. So them coming up with some categories, they actually created books. This is, you know, you can't go there too early, can you? Get them into like creating a book around that because why is that important? My goodness, it's not just a one-off something. It's giving us something that we can illustrate and read and read again and have others reading. And then what kinds of procedures are we using later on? Year six, well, there's recipes and instructions and directions and science reports. So over the life of school, not just that we have something different every year, but also helping our children to understand that they've got these forms to choose and use when they need them. So that we can be thinking, ah, poetry. Do you know what? Year six, seven class, this was a few years ago, a child included in their information report a poem. So we're talking hybrid text here, including different forms in there. What were they doing? They were choosing and using poetry as one part of their information report to report, to give a viewpoint through poetry. So we want in all of these, it's not just about getting that piece done, it's about knowing how I can use this, you know, at any time, choose it and use it. Right, recounts, recounts just aren't recounts, folks. What about recounts that are autobiographies, that are biographies? Year uh, three, 
I can do a biography of a known person because I can interview them. I can find out about them and I can recount aspects of their life. Journals and diaries, reviews are recounts. All right, reports. What kinds of reports are we going to get our students writing? Mud map it. Have a think. Do the thinking here about what does that look like? What experiences across the years? The sample, for those of you that can download that, you'll see some examples there. Last one, persuasive. Do we start persuasive in the first year of school in our curriculum? It doesn't say create persuasive texts, but it does say give opinions and preferences. That is the art of persuasion. Giving opinions and preferences about why you like a book, why you like anything, why you've enjoyed or what is your opinion about. Year one, we're starting to explore reasons, not only what you like and what your preference is, but why. And then let's think broadly around, okay, how do we persuade? It's not always in a five-paragraph argument essay. What about marketing campaigns? What about speeches? What about letters to editors? What about letters to parents or principals or who do we choose? So we think broadly around those things so that we can collectively, I think this is a, this mud mapping activity isn't a necessarily a solo exercise for anybody. I think it's good to be able to sit with somebody, sit with a team. Maybe I'm sitting with a team at year level but then we need to also bring that together with a whole school mud map of what is it, what does this look like, what does in our school who wants to give our students the richness of each of these text types according to curriculum and according to to reading, writing, development, but we want to bring richness and we want to bring richness in the texts that we help our students understand that are then going to help them write in that text type in stronger, richer, elevated ways. So where have I got to? That really, we've talked about connecting it to the curriculum. Uh, We have talked about why do we need a text type mud map? I think I've covered that, but of course we just need it so that we know that our students are really experiencing that fullness, that richness that can be there rather than if we don't have a mud map for the text types, then it can happen that let's say I've arrived at your school, you know, you're the principal of the school and every teacher is going to be doing the very best, they're going to have the very best of intentions in going, right, yes, I know I need to be delivering the fullness of the curriculum, but if there haven't been some decisions made on a mud map, then that teacher may be spending a lot of time going to things or looking for things that number one may not be available in the school or things that, okay, now I'm going to have to do a search, now I'm going to have to, what can I find that's going to fill that gap? But we want our students, as I've said, to have year upon year upon year a richly built 
range of text types so that they are, as I said, you know, experiencing the fullness of that, the richness of that. So these mud maps, there's another important reason that it's called a mud map. Once I've got a plan, so this mud map or plan, as I found out it now means, that doesn't have to be set in stone. We can look at our mud map at the end of each year and say, hmm, did we get that right? What's the input from everybody? Did we work with an author and we think, do you know what, we really just did not have enough resources here at the school or it's hard to get those. That made it really hard to be doing that. We might have already changed that because we shouldn't be sticking with things that aren't, you know, if there were already not enough resources for it, maybe I need to abandon that earlier. But this mud map should be under review. But the mud map should also serve then, if I'm looking, if I'm in the school and I've I've got this text type mud map there, as a teacher, I should now be able to say, right, for my planning for this year, all right, I'm going to be doing an author study, a narrative, poetry unit, procedure unit, recount unit, report unit, a persuasive unit, where and in what order am I going to fit those into my year? I'm going to suggest that they are all of about five weeks in length because that means that over a year and in Australia in our term system, I'm getting two of those in in a term. So teacher decision then, or if there's a lot of teachers at a year level, year level decision. In what order will we do them if we like to do the same units at the same time? Love that one of the principles I work with talks about this, like the Lego blocks. That's what the mud map gives us. It's here is the map now made up of all of those Lego blocks In what order am I taking them from there into my yearly plan? As a teacher, I might have my own mud map then of the mud map that shows the whole school or all the year levels in the school. From there, I can create my own. Term one, unit one, term two, unit two, unit three, unit four, and on we go. What order do we do them in? And I might not know the full order at the beginning of the year, but I know the units that I should be, the text types that I should really be ensuring that students are engaging with because that's what the richness of the curriculum that um, it asks of us. So making one, I hope that's given people a bit of an idea of how to go about constructing a mud map. That template that I've described, you can create one of those or you can from Teachific, you can get that template to work with and check against the sample ones. From that planning, and, and I've just talked about mud mapping today. In further podcasts, I'll talk more about, so then how do we take that, use the mud map to further our planning. But there is one important thing that I've already alluded to, actually two important things. One, that it is about those being units. They're not a week's worth of lessons and we say we're done. They're units and they're not writing units only. The power of a text type unit is if we let 
the text type drive part of the reading and the writing. Now, what I mean by that is if we are writing in that text type, so writing in the genre, we also, to be able to do that, need to understand the genre, understand the text type. So you've heard me talk a lot about a resource that I draw on pretty much incessantly, and that is the Literacy Continuum, the tool for assessment planning and teaching that has been developed over the last 30 plus years now by the team of Fountas and Pennell and huge team of teachers and researchers they work with. The Literacy Continuum is not a program. It is not an approach. It is a resource. In fact, they call it a tool for assessment, planning and teaching. And as a planning tool, it is a big, big piece Any teacher that I'm working with who has had access to this as a planning tool has said, this is what elevates my teaching. As teachers, our profession is based on the enormous knowledge that we garner, gather, build over time about every aspect of teaching in primary schools, we are gathering and garnering information and understandings around every area of the curriculum, every area. The literacy continuum has, in its 30-plus years of development, created such a comprehensive continuum that looks across year levels So looks at it, what can we expect at year level, what behaviours and understandings our students should be able to, to be able to have through our noticing, teaching and supporting. So this as a resource, there is a critical and incredibly supportive piece amongst its million incredible and supportive pieces but for each of the text types or for each of the genres at year level I'm looking at year three at the moment and right here narrative writing I have got a whole lot of aspects of form and purpose and the genre both in understanding the genre and in writing in the genre I find that incredibly valuable as a teacher to be able to say, wow, okay, if I'm teaching narrative writing or what if I'm teaching poetry and I'm going, do you know what, I'm having a slight twitch about poetry. What do my students need to understand about poetry? And what do they need to understand so that they can be writing in the genre? Let me read some of these pieces here. So, understanding the genre. Understand poetry as a unique way to communicate and describe feelings, sensory images, ideas or stories. Understand that a writer can create different types of poems. Rhyming poems, not rhyming poems. Understand the importance of specific word choice in poetry. 
So I've read about a third of the dot points there that are all teaching points, that are all things that through reading poetry we can notice and we can learn to understand about poetry. Let me go into the writing in the genre section. First one says, closely observe the world, animals, objects, people, to get ideas for poems. Second dot point, write poems that convey feelings or images. Third dot point, use language to describe how something looks, smells, tastes, feels or sounds. So in terms of having support for you in knowing more about how readers and writers come to understand how these text types work and how to choose and use these things, I'm just going to say that the continuum of literacy is one way to point you in a very strong direction, not just point, but to confirm for you, to be assured. Now, I always say this to people in the bit of the tragedy of the life I might lead is I am forever looking at this continuum to say, how does this match to the curriculum? Does it match? Is it giving the right message? Is it saying the right things? Is it leading us into deeper knowledge as professionals about the full range of processes that readers and writers and word workers and speakers and listeners are needing? And yes, it does. I want to assure you that it does. I want you to know that I have checked on your behalf, but I'm very happy to be corrected if we find things that aren't and and to let us know as professionals that what you might question or what you might see. But I, I do want to offer some assurance around that, that it is a resource that has been so mindfully and intentionally constructed by teachers, researchers who have kept their eye on what it is that readers and writers need to do to understand what behaviours to develop, what understandings to develop so that they can be choosers and users of them. There are many other resources that I would want to reference to those of us from a long time ago First Steps have got good frameworks around what are language features and structures of different types of texts. Mike and Linda Dumbleton have written their fabulous book, I Can Cards, which across all of the different types of texts, they look at what are text structures and features of each of the text types. Bev Derowianka has written a lot about all of the different types of text. Nell Duke has written a lot about text types and how we look at them both as readers and as writers. So just a few places to point you in the direction of because I ran a workshop on Friday and at the end of it there was someone that asked me, you know, like, oh, I've still got a question and I can't go back into the classroom on Monday without having an answer to this question because I just want to do it better. Now, I know, I know how motivated those of you that join us here and listen in, I have so much respect and so much honour 
for those of you in the profession who are so motivated, who want to continue your learning and your journey of supporting your students, every child, you know, every day. And so little by little, I hope I give you enough information to get you taking another step. And I hope that we can keep providing, I'm not saying that because we're not going to, but you know, that that as fast as we can, we we try and provide you with more elements and insights into the things that can help you get where you want to go in stronger, easier and more powerful ways. So those resources are available, that Australian curriculum, if you like that mud map type variety, although this is pretty much set in stone, the Australian curriculum, unlike these, these mud maps are working documents to really catch thinking and really explore what it is that you want to bring to your students across the text types. Now, it's been ages since I've been able to share a book at the end of a podcast. I went, well, this isn't a new thing and it's not because I haven't had time to do this lately, but I have been book shopping recently or not unusually, just one continual bookshop really. So just the one book that I want to bring you today is Do You Wonder? by Wallace Edwards. Beautiful blurb on the back. I'm going to go straight into the story. Sometimes I wonder about the mysteries of the sky. Sometimes I wonder why some songs make me happy. Sometimes I wonder how to join the conversation. Sometimes I wonder how you always make me smile. Sometimes I wonder why it feels so good to help a friend. Sometimes I wonder how books are so magical. Probably one of my constant wonderings. Sometimes I wonder where the banana went. Adorable, I love that. Sometimes I wonder how other creatures see the world. Sometimes I wonder if I can finish what I've started. Sometimes I wonder why some things seem so difficult. Sometimes I wonder who decides what is important. Sometimes I wonder why some songs make me sad. Sometimes I wonder if I'm in the right puppet show. Sometimes I wonder if I'm putting my best foot forward. Sometimes I wonder why I didn't think of that. Sometimes I wonder who was here before me. Sometimes I wonder if I really see what I think I see. Sometimes I wonder why everyone is in a hurry. And I'm not all the way through the book. So many beautiful wonderings, each wondering accompanied by an illustration. So one wondering per page with a really beautiful illustration. Wallace Edwards, writer and illustrator. I'm in complete admiration of those who do both those things. And I love to be able to point out that that's what our students can be. They can be the authors and the illustrators of the text they create and how wondrous that can be. So finish off with that book. It's a scholastic publication, came out last year, 2022. Probably why I hadn't seen that one around before. So do you wonder. Thank you everyone for joining us today. We've loved to see that so many of you have subscribed to our episodes and from all corners of the world. The Teacher's Toolkit podcast is all about giving you an insider's guide to top teaching ideas, tools, techniques in literacy teaching and learning. Please subscribe to our weekly newsletter via the website 
You will receive advance notice on blogs, podcasts, events and ways to contact us. Thank you and all the best to you, our listeners. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. To make sure you don't miss any literacy learning tips and insights, please subscribe to our show on your favourite podcast player. At Q Learning, our literacy specialists draw on over 30 years of teaching and international consulting experience to deliver world-class learning solutions. We equip, empower and support teachers to become their authentic selves. To find out about upcoming webinars and about how Q can help you and your school, visit qlearning.com.au. And you can get even more amazing teaching resources right now at teachific.com.au. Stay tuned.